Welcome to the Crop Insurance Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of crop insurance. I'm your host, Mike Rydell, a third-generation crop insurance agent, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this educational journey. At our family-owned and operated business, we've been providing crop insurance expertise for generations. Our goal here is simple, to educate our listeners. Crop insurance can be complex and overwhelming, but I believe that understanding it is crucial for every farmer. So whether you're a seasoned farmer looking to stay updated or a newcomer seeking guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors of the Crop Insurance Podcast. Our title sponsor, McNeil Insurance Agency, are probably your greatest insurance agents ever. They specialize in federal crop insurance and have since 1979. To visit their website, go to www.greatestagencyever.com. The McNeil Insurance Agency is a proud partner with the Crop West Insurance Group. Welcome to today's episode where we will be talking about the malt barley endorsement. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, you may want to go back and look at some of our previous episodes as we're building off some other concepts. If you're already a seasoned professional in the crop insurance industry or a farmer that's been using crop insurance for years, you might not have to go back to those episodes. I just want to be sure that you do have a basic understanding of how the underlying policy works as it makes explaining the malt barley endorsement a little bit easier. Either way, let's jump right in. To begin with, let's look at how the RMA describes the malt barley endorsement, and we're going to use our crop insurance podcast AI to do so. The malt barley endorsement. The MBE provides additional quality protection based on the specifications from your malting barley contract or special provisions if insuring under a malting barley price agreement for malting barley acreage that is insured under the small grains crop provisions. MBE incorporates projected and harvest prices based on your malting barley contracts versus using projected and harvest prices from the commodity exchange price provisions. That description is a little hard to digest, so I'll try to put it in a little plainer English for you. If you qualify for the malt barley endorsement, all it really does is it allows you to use that contract price for your projected price or your harvest price for your underlying federal crop insurance policy. The other thing it does is it gives you access to a quality adjustment factor that you normally wouldn't have access to in regards to your barley making malt or not making malt. Now, the rest of this episode, we'll dive into some of these concepts a little deeper so you have a little further understanding of what it's all about. The first place to start is where is this available? So it's only available in select counties in 13 states. If you want a list of those 13 states, head on over to our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com where we have a list there and an article all about the malt barley endorsement. If you're in Cascade County in Montana, you have access to the malt barley endorsement and we'll be referencing that county and that state for a lot of our examples throughout this episode and further episodes. Now, when it comes to when you can add this endorsement to your policy, it's going to be for the sales closing deadline for barley. So in Montana, there's only spring barley available. So that's a spring sales closing deadline of March 15th. So you need to add it by March 15th. Now, once you've added it onto your policy, you then need to submit your contract prior to acreage reporting deadline. 
So a lot of the spring barley states, that acreage reporting deadline is usually around July 15th. As long as you submit that contract to your crop insurance agent by the appropriate deadline, as long as it meets the requirements in the policy, you'll be able to use that price for your crop insurance policy. Now, when I keep mentioning these contracts, under the malt barley endorsement, there's three types of contracts you can use. There's the malt barley contract, a malt barley price agreement, and a malt barley seed contract. All three of those have different requirements and they behave a little differently, but we're gonna focus on the malt barley contract for the purposes of this episode. The malt barley contract needs to be between you, the producer, and the buyer who's a brewery or another buyer that produces or sells malt or malt products like a malt plant. If you're not sure if the buyer qualifies, check with your crop insurance agent prior to signing up in the spring or prior to submitting your contract to make sure that they are acceptable. The contract has to specify the contracted amount of production and the purchase price they're gonna use or a method to determine that purchase price. And it's gonna establish obligations between each party in that agreement. You can have multiple contracts with multiple prices, multiple production contracted, all they're gonna do is they're going to average those together to come up with a weighted average factor or a price average to use for your crop insurance policy. Along with the price or how much they're gonna pay you per bushel for your malt barley, also in that contract is going to be the quantity of bushels they're going to contract for. Now the most important part of that contract in terms of crop insurance or how many bushels are they contracting you for. A rule of thumb is that you want your malt barley contract to be for at least your approved yield, or so 100% of your approved yield, times your acres. This will maximize your coverage and prevent you from having to use a weighted factor. So if you have one unit of barley, and let's say your approved yield is 50 and it's 100 acres, So you're gonna have 100 times 50, that's 5,000. You'd wanna make sure that your contract is for at least 5,000. Now, if your approved yield is 50 and you have 1,000 acres, you wanna make sure it's for 50,000 bushels. If for some reason your contract is for less than 100% of your approved yield, then that's fine. All they're gonna do is do the math to have a weighted factor. And the way they word it is they have contracted acres and non-contracted acres. And so they take those two groups and they combine them and do some math formulas that we'll go over in a later episode. And that comes up with a weighted price. So if you were contracted at $6.50 a bushel, let's say, and you haven't contracted for 100% of your approved yield, they're gonna apply that factor. And so maybe now you're at $6.15 a bushel on your malt barley endorsement whereas the underlying projected price is like 450. So you're still having more coverage than you would without the malt barley endorsement. You're just not getting 100% of that price that your contract has because you didn't contract enough bushels. So that doesn't make you ineligible for the program. It just changes how much your coverage is for. So now that we understand how the contract works with your policy, now how does the policy itself work? So whether you're in revenue protection or yield protection or revenue protection with harvest price exclusion, 
your projected price, so the, the foundation of your policy is going to be that contracted price, whether it's weighted or unweighted. That's going to be how you figure out your guarantee and your premium. One note on using the contract price for your projected price, it just can't be higher than your maximum contract price factor times the original projected price for the underlying policy. At the time of this podcast in Montana, it happens to be 2.5 in a majority of the counties. You will always use the lesser of the maximum contracted price factor times your projected price or your contract price. Now that we've established our projected price, we're going to use that whether we're in yield protection or revenue protection like you normally would. Now, if you're in yield protection, you're done. There is no harvest price. You're just going to use that projected price all the way through to calculate if you have a loss or not. If you're in revenue protection, you do get to use a harvest price, and it just works a little bit different than the underlying policy. In the underlying policy, the projected and harvest price are just derivatives of a corn price. Whereas under the malt barley endorsement, you're using soft red winter wheat. However, it does take into account your contracted price. They are going to take your contracted price minus the soft red winter wheat projected price. And then they're going to add the soft red winter wheat harvest price. Now that dollar amount may go up, may go down, and that'll either help trigger a loss or raise your guarantee depending on what that price does. Just like a normal increase or decrease in harvest price works with regular revenue protection. Something to keep in mind is that depending on what your contract price is, that will affect what your harvest price is compared to your neighbors. You're still going to use the same calculations to determine it, but depending on where you start with your projected price will determine where that harvest price ends up. You are now factoring your potential loss based on your contracted price when you have the malt barley endorsement. So now you get to take advantage of that higher price by having the endorsement. While this is a great benefit to having the malt barley endorsement, it's not the only benefit you get when you add this endorsement to your policy. The other big benefit of having the malt barley endorsement is that you now gain access to the quality adjustment factor that's based on how your end buyer receives your barley, whether they reject it all as feed, or they take it all as malt, or they take it at a discounted price, you now can use a quality adjustment factor and apply it towards your production to count when factoring a loss. In other words, prior to having the malt barley endorsement, if your barley did not make malt and the end buyer rejected it, there would be no quality adjustment factor applied towards your production. With this endorsement, you'll now get to use a quality adjustment factor based on it not making malt. If you've heard about the malt barley endorsement before and have been curious about it, or have heard other people talk about it, one of the hesitations people have is once you get to the end of the insurance period, which is typically harvest, you have a 90-day window to get that sample from your field to the maltster. They either accept it or reject it, and that's when you get to use that quality adjustment factor we just spoke about. However, it has to be within that 90-day window. Now, if you're not within that 90-day window of getting that acceptance or rejection letter from the end buyer, it will be assumed that all of your barley made malt and you will not have access to that quality adjustment factor. 
you'll still get to use that higher projected and harvest price than you would if you didn't have the malt barley endorsement, but you won't be able to use that quality adjustment factor. Another key factor of the malt barley endorsement is that it follows your crop insurance policy's underlying unit structure. And why that's important is because you're not allowed to co-mingle production from any units under the malt barley endorsement. So if you have optional units and you have quite a bit of units, you're not allowed to co-mingle that grain because of how the samples need to be taken into the end buyer. If you have optional units on your underlying crop insurance policy, that does not mean that you cannot take the malt barley endorsement. It just means you have to take additional steps to make sure that you're compliant when it comes to a loss scenario. If any of your barley is rejected from the end buyer and declared as feed, you do need to dispose of that production by the next applicable sales closing deadline, which in this example for spring barley in Montana, that next applicable sales closing deadline would be March 15th. Anytime you have malt barley that's rejected, you will then use those numbers to determine if you have a quality adjustment factor under the malt barley endorsement. You will then carry out your normal loss adjustment procedures based on your overall production, your projected and harvest price differences to see if you have a loss on your underlying policy. The difference is with the malt barley endorsement, you'll now get to use that quality adjustment factor, which if there was barley rejected, you could then potentially lower your production to count, which would in turn increase your loss payment. The other thing to keep in mind is that any sort of other quality adjustment factors found in the small grains policy would be applicable as well, thereby reducing your production to count even more and in turn increasing your loss payment as well. I know that's quite a bit of information to digest, but to briefly summarize, by adding the malt barley endorsement, you get access to a higher projected and harvest price than you normally would. You also get access to a quality adjustment factor based on your barley making malts or not, which you normally do not get access to. Those are the advantages of using the malt barley endorsement. Like anything that has its advantages, there are some disadvantages to the malt barley endorsement as well. One of those disadvantages might pertain to your underlying unit structure, making it a little more difficult to process that loss paperwork or be compliant with the loss adjustment procedures. The other big consideration to take into account when looking at the malt barley endorsement is how much it costs. In our next episode, we'll go through some quotes where we look at how much the malt barley endorsement would cost based on different coverage levels, unit structures, contracted prices, just to give you an idea of what it could potentially cost. We'll also go through some of the math calculations that we spoke about earlier in hopes to give you a better picture of what the malt barley endorsement is all about. From my family to yours, thank you very much for listening. I sincerely hope that this presentation has been instrumental in enhancing your understanding of federal crop insurance. If you find value in our podcast, we kindly encourage you to subscribe and spread the word among your friends and neighbors. To access further information, please visit our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com, where you'll find the latest podcast episodes, articles, and exciting new features conveniently located in one place. 
This information is not all-inclusive and is meant to be used only as general guidelines for educational purposes. For additional information, please see Crop Provisions, reference the Crop Insurance Handbook or Loss Adjustment Manual, or contact your crop insurance agent. This institution is an equal opportunity provider and employer.